Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, if you want to drive your dream car today, go to Rocky Mountain Eurosport in Denver or in Parker. Now working with a big dealership that's selling volume. It's an intimate buying experience, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, it really is. They treat you so well. It's like a concierge service. They do such a fantastic job. So whether you're looking for a foreign car, domestic car, a luxury ride, they've got the inventory. They're going to get you the right car at the right price. They all service all makes and models. They have great finance options. Go for a test drive today or find them at rmeurosport.com. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, parade and rally today for the Avalanche. What did you think of the turnout? What did you think of the pageantry? Very impressive. And they did a great job of showcasing the guys' affection, their admiration for each other, and for the fans. And they also did a really good job of acknowledging the University of Denver hockey team, uh, the Mammoth indoor lacrosse team, and even East High soccer. And- I mean, even East High's. Hockey team and the and the Littleton team, a bunch of young kids. Littleton Hawks. Yep, good for them, and and good for the Avalanche for recognizing that and making it a true champion parade, not just the Avalanche. Well, and it's very clearly as it's going to give a jump start to the expansion of participatory hockey on the youth level, right? Reconstruction, adult participation, whether it's beer leagues at noon or nighttime drop-in leagues or anything else, nighttime drop-in sessions. Or anything else, and I think we're seeing an expansion of the attitude on the part of the hockey first fan to allow everybody else aboard the bandwagon. Now, I mean, it's been 26 years here where the hockey fans have been kind of, if if you're not a hockey first fan, I you you are not up to snuff at the, that we are. You're right. not you're not as good a fan as we are. I think now it's coming around to the idea that hey, join the party, everybody, let's have some fun, and the players kind of epitomized that today. And there, there's, there's no secret. They were having a, quote, good time, unquote. And uh, They were getting loaded on beer. Just come out and say it. Or, I mean, or, pe- a, or a bottle of tequila or vodka or whatever pe- it was. I mean, that that's what you do at a parade. If you want to get a player's attention, make sure you have a can of beer in your hand, <laughs> get their attention, you just toss it on the fire truck. And believe me, they'll drink it. They were but, tossing beers to a lot of the people in the crowd, too. Right. Beers were going both ways. Can I tell you what the entire highlight of the entire day was? That you did not see. On television today. Cars being turned over? No. The highlight, did you see what happened with Bo Byram? Yes. That was hilarious. The absolute highlight of the day. So a, a number of the players got- How, how old does Bo Byram he look? He just turned 21. He, he looks just, about 17. Right. Well, so does Kale McCarr. So a lot of the players, if you didn't get a chance to watch the parade, and this happens in a lot of parades, they get off the fire truck or whatever truck they're on, and they, they don't go into the crowd because there's a you know blockade, there's a barrier. But Bo Byram gets off the fire truck and he goes over to a bunch of fans. He has some beer in his hand 
and a police officer on a bicycle looked at him. Now, remember, a lot of people who went to this parade were wearing McCarr jerseys and McKinnon jerseys and Landeskog jerseys and Bo Byram jerseys. So you have a kid who looks like he's 17 years old, according to a police officer's point of view, on the wrong side of the barricade. And the police officer looks at him and he says, uh, you go, you got to go to the other side. And, and Byron just kind of looked at him and he said, no, no, you need to go on to the other side. And he goes, I play for the team. And the police officer said, no, go on the, and then people in the crowd said, that's Bo Byron. He <laughs> plays for the team. And finally, the police officer just let Byron, and he ran back to that fire truck or whatever he was riding. The interesting chronological distinction here is that Bo Byron was born four days after the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup in 2001. Right. That makes you feel a little well dated. Right. So a lot of highlights from this parade and from this rally. Kadri printed up shirts for himself and his family that said too many men, which was the ultimate dig on John Cooper. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog took off his shirt before he spoke, or uh, I think it was before he spoke at the rally. So he was half naked. He wraps himself in a Swedish flag and then drops a bunch of F-bombs, which the local television stations caught very late because he drops an F-bomb. And then about five seconds later, you don't hear a word he's saying for about five seconds, and he's not actually swearing at that point. Eric Johnson led the crowd in singing all the small things, kind of like a an oversized karaoke bar. And like somebody who's had a lot to drink at a karaoke bar, if you don't have the words in front of you, you forget half of them, which made it even more comical. And Eric will not be a candidate for the Mormon Tabernacle Choir either. I don't think any of those guys will be. As for Nathan McKinnon, he spoke today as well. Sorry, I thought we were doing Bednar first, so I had Bednar up. And, well, you know uh, what? Here's McKinnon. Here's McKinnon. I don't have a ton to say. Um, it's been a long road coming to this point. Um, my ninth year, I finally won something, I guess, but... Uh, no, we're super lucky to have the, the group we have. I know it's super cliche, but... Um, such amazing people on this team. Um, everyone's literally brothers with each other, so we feel super blessed. City of Denver, this parade was insane. We couldn't be luckier to have a group of fans like we have, so um, I'd like to thank everybody on the team organization, and hopefully we can do this again one day. So thank you so much. I love how he finished it, because he finished it in a way that a lot of athletes would not have finished that comment, that speech. He said, hopefully we can do it again one day. Most guys would say, well, and we're going to do it again next year. We'll see you here next year. He, of anybody on the team, he realizes how hard it is. Yeah. And it's, it's the most physical and mental testing postseason, postseason in, in all of sports. They know that. They know the toll it took. They know how hard it Well, and training camp starts in, what, like three weeks? Because of the short, the extended season. Not three weeks. I know, I'm kidding. In September. But he also, I thought you were going to say at the end, he said organization. Do you think those guys are going to dry out by then? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> the other thing, when he said when he said the thing about ninth year, I finally won, we finally won something. Yeah. The cheer in the crowd made it clear they got the joke. Right. Well, because there are a lot of Avs fans. I want to go back to something that you said. 
that a lot of hockey fans are not willing to open their doors to bandwagoners. But I would guess a lot of the bandwagoners, after going through this, are fans. Are fans now. Not necessarily hockey first, but having hockey in a prominent place. No question. And you, and you can be both a Bronco fan and an Avalanche fan, or even a Nuggets fan and an Avalanche fan. By the way, you owe me a dollar. It just dawned on me. I know. I said, Stan Kroenke's not going to talk. And when Kroenke's name was brought up a couple of times, he was booed. Roundly booed. Yeah. And if this whole Comcast thing didn't happen, I don't think he would have been booed. So you heard what Nathan McKinnon said. Kale McCarr, who shows no personality during interviews, uh, was absolutely hilarious. He had some serious unbridled enthusiasm. One guy that's so underappreciated on our team and in the league, my D partner, Devon Taves. Everybody give it up. Come up here. We were doing it during the parade, but we want you guys to quiet down and then we're going to lift you up. All right. Ready? Let's go! I mean, listening to Kale McCarr do national and local interviews, <laughs> um, we're going to do the best that we can. Bull Durham. And it's, it's, it's teamwork, and we, we work together as a team. Watching him there was like a totally new guy, and it was awesome because you saw some personality out of him. You don't, yeah, you, they, they have gone through the system where they're told no bulletin board material, cliches. Right. And they're as, they're as cooperative as anybody in pro sports, but they're usually not delivering great, great copy or great quotes. And then you have Jared Bednar, who is a guy that is very stoic on the bench, shows very little emotion. I don't know if I saw him smile after a win during this entire series until they finally clinched it. And it was kind of like a half smile. And today was an outpouring of emotion. To the players, okay? Uh, I, I couldn't be more proud of these guys. I, I, I can't even explain it. I couldn't put it in the words. I mean, these guys, everyone has a story, right? Everyone has a story. And I could go through every guy and the sacrifices they made for our team. And... Uh, I'm amazed by every single one of them. I'm so happy for them. I'm so proud of them. I love, the, I love these guys. I do. Shout out to Joe Sackett for hiring Jared Bednar. When he had he, Lane Lambert was the other finalist. He's now the head coach of the Islanders. And realizing that this, this is the way to go, especially if they were going to have to tear down and rebuild, that Jared Bednar was the kind of coach to get them through that. Didn't waver a bit in the first season when they were so awful. 48 points, scraping the salary cap ceiling and keeping faith in him and realizing that this was the right, this still was the right guy for this place. He would have been fired about four times if Joe Sackick had under, had abided by the hockey tradition to treat coaches and scapegoat them for all internal problems. So, so he was patient and waited for him and Bednar paid his dues through climbing through the ranks as, as a assistant coach in the minor leagues and all, all the way up through becoming a, head coach here. He was the right guy for this place. He's going to be, he's now the number three tenured coach in the NHL. Uh, Cooper's number one, by the way, your buddy Cooper, um, your buddy too. Yeah, he is. I think he's still complaining about something. Well, the, no, this, uh, the, the funniest Twitter. Wait, 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 wait. Did he ask the referees to uh, make a call too many men on the stage? No, no. 
the, the best Twitter picture is the one Enjoy showing the, the Avalanche team picture on the ice, on the ice after the win with the Stanley Cup, right? And saying Cooper's wants him to be called for too many men on right. the ice. I think I think the the comment that struck me the most, and his voice was shaking throughout his speech. He said, "They gave me my first chance," and to me, that really struck a chord. It really. It really did because was he a was he an assistant coach in the NHL? Never. He exactly. never. He, he was only. He worked for the Blues organization and the Blue Jackets organization in the AHL. Well, think so about, he was getting his paycheck. Well, okay, from them, but so that's I, it. I was covering this team when Bednar got hired. All right, and I'm like, and I remember I was in Chicago when I found this out. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? You've been around hockey long, much longer than I have. Did you even know who he was? Yes, yeah, because they had just won the AHL title with the Lake Erie Monsters. Well, no, and I knew that, but basically, did you really know who no, he was? No, not in depth. Right, and that's he, my he point. He had coached in the AHL with uh, Peoria and the Blues AHL franchise. He got fired. So he got up off, off the ground after being fired as an AHL head coach. He thought that was his chance, and he lost it. And he, he, was, a little de- he was a little depressed, but he came back and got another AHL head coaching job at uh, Lake Erie and won a championship. So that that was the springboard to hear. One guy the Avalanche would love to bring back, Nazem Kadri. He was obviously at the rally today. Yesterday, he was on a Toronto radio station. Did he give any clues on to whether or not he's going to be coming back? We'll let you know what he said next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, smileisports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, love to tell you about Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Man, they really have it all. They were a great Avs bar all season. And now that the season is over, every seat's a great seat in the house. You can watch the Rockies, and of course, the Broncos are going to be coming up. And then the Avs start back up in October, and the Nuggets, late October, early November. Great sports bar. What I really love, and there are a lot of things I love about Greenfields, is their happy hour is the best I've ever seen in the country. Two for one on wine, well, and drafts from three until seven every single day. I don't think anybody in the country does that. Uh, 15 pool tables, so they have a pool hall, not just a pool table. And they have live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover. Go check out Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Really does have something for everyone. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmeurosport.com. Nazem Kadri went on a Toronto radio station yesterday. This is what he said. I'm definitely going to take a few days to just think and enjoy. The Cronkies have been great supporters of mine and made it clear to me they would like me to stay. But we understand there's a business aspect involved. We're going to try and work together. And then asked if the Avs were his first choice. He said, how can it not be? With a team like this 
and a group of guys like this. With that being said, though, I think I've shown what my worth is. I'm just looking forward to watching this all develop. Gut feeling on those comments only. Handicap it. Is he coming back? I think he's going to come back because they're going to. He's. They're going to be. He is going to be the first one they check to as they set their parameters for all the guys. And I think, look, look, this is a literal hangover from the championship and the celebration. But by July 31st, the business hats are going to come on. That's basically what he was saying. And he, however, comma. And there's certainly not, that's not a knock on Kadri. I mean, this is going to be his last contract. He's looking out to get what he can. Coming off his best year, though. And it's going to be term. It's going to be about the term and not just money. I think the Avalanche will be willing to offer like three years and he'll want five. That's going to be a big sticking point, I think. And he'll he'll be willing to be flexible, but how much? That's the question. And how much should the Avalanche be willing to offer? Okay, so I'm going to throw some numbers at you. What do you think his high-end value would be? Well, we talked about this earlier, but I, I'm looking now at like maybe $8 million a year. Okay, and what do you think the Avs will offer? They might even offer $8 million a year for three years, not, not going beyond that. But I would say they'll come down. It'll end up in the seven million range they're offering. I think the top they will offer is maybe six and a half, seven. Remember, Miko uh, Rantanen's making ten million dollars though, and Miko Rantanen's better, and he's younger. Period. He's younger and he's better. Okay. Is it a hometown discount? I think it's a home. It's a it's a comfort discount. I would say there's a, about a thirty percent chance he comes back because he threw out the big words. We understand there's a business aspect, and, I, coming on. and I've shown what my worth is, and somebody is going to be willing to pay him more. As you and I talked about yesterday, when you have a Stanley Cup ring and you're coming off winning a championship, your salary as a free agent will be boosted by at least 250000 to a half a million just because you have that ring, because everybody wants a guy with championship pedigree, and now Kadri has it. Do you think it'd be that heavily sought after? I, 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 I kind of wonder in the sense that I know what this league is like. Images stick. Mm-hmm. And uh, while he was tremendous this season and convincingly showed to us yep. what a good guy he is, you can't just snap fingers and have reputations disappear. If somebody and offered, I, th- I think around the league, there's still a little bit of, there's still enough of suspicion about all of that. His image in the past, which won't go away for that to affect maybe the number of teams and the, with, and the vehemence with which they go after him. So I'm saying I'm not quite 100% positive he'll be as heavily sought after as we assume in Denver after seeing him at his best, seeing him for the good guy he really is. There's still going to be some some uh, mistrust of the entire situation. I think a team would be foolish to offer more than three years. Okay, I, I don't think a team should offer him $8 million. I'll tell you why. And I'll ask you, is he a top-line center? He's a second-line center. He's the best second-line center in the league now. Okay. So is he a top line center? Peter Forsberg and Joe Sackick, one of them was a one of them was a second line center. I understand. But both of them were more than qualified to be top line centers. Yeah. Is Nazem Kadri, generally speaking, when you look at all the teams around the league, is he a legitimate top line center? I don't think so. Well he, for bad teams, that's the catch. I understand. So you can be a first line center for a bad team right. or a mediocre team or right. you know or playoff fringe team you get paid eight mil- you get paid eight million you're going to be expected to be the top line guy and you're not going to be centering for Rantanen or Landeskog or Lekkinen or Nachuchkin he knows that too though I understand that but the expectations are going to be far greater for him 
I think three years, seven million might get it done. If he's holding firm at seven and a half because a team offered him eight, I'm not so sure. In five years. Oh, in five years. I, th- I think he wants to get paid in his final contract. And I don't blame him for doing it. And so I look at Kadri, Nachuchkin. I understand Lekkanen is a restricted free agent. I think there is a danger for teams that want to look at guys like that. They played with a lot of talent around them. And what did they really prove when they didn't have these guys? And the answer specifically for Nachuchkin is not a lot. So buyer beware. Buy, Nachuchkin is not going to have McKinnon centering for him. He's been awful in the, in, in the NHL other than here. He's right. just been awful. So some team is going to see, look what he can do, look what he could do in the playoffs, but don't get blinded by the fact that he was being centered by Kadri or McKinnon. Well, in, in Kadri's case, I think given all that we've talked about and uh, not not and having other teams not necessarily rushing to offer him the deals we've talked about, I think also factoring in his affinity for Denver, I think that's genuine. I think he's going to be able to work with the Cronkies, and I think he will be back. Coming up after the break, a bombshell in college sports, specifically in football. And what does it mean for Colorado? How do you like that for a tease? That's it. Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the Welcome back, Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, smilehighsports.com. You can reach us. On the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for what's trending. What's trending is brought to you by Pinnacle Builders, the best in home remodeling. Go to PinnacleDen.com. Multiple reports that USC and UCLA are going to be leaving the Pac 12 to join the Big Ten as early as 2024. And while there are going to be a lot of problems for the Pac-12 moving forward, trying to fill these slots, let's remember that a couple years ago, Oklahoma and Texas left the SEC, right? And um, the Big 12, in order to make up for that, brought in Cincinnati, brought in some pretty good football schools. So now there are four less schools that are really good, like Cincinnati played for a national championship, meaning they were in the semifinals. Now that's been watered down even more for the Pac-12. Now they have less teams to choose from that can honestly really contend at all. I would like them to take a look at Colorado State, which was taken seriously when they made an expansion bid in the Big 12 a few years back in Air Force. Same thing. You know, that maybe they, some of the Pac-12 traditionalists would look down their noses at CSU and Air Force, but I think after looking at them seriously and and critically, they would fit the bill. The only reason I would put CSU in there is because of Jay Norvell. And this guy's recruiting his tail off. 
And he, he's bringing a lot of his players with him from Nevada. Well, there's nothing wrong with that and because he, they want to follow him. And he is bringing in guys who are getting scholarship offers from uh, Power Five conferences, and he is getting them, and those Power Five conferences are not. Well, and they're also going to be a very exciting football team with what they run. Right. I would agree. I mean, I think that CU fans will, you know, snub their noses at CSU, but I got news for you. If you put, at least in two years, we'll see, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be Norvell's first year. In two years, the way CU is currently constructed with their head coach, Carl Durrell, Colorado State's going to beat them by two touchdowns. You can't make a decision on a long-range future just based on present status of I agree. the football program, and I know that's what not what you're saying, but I do agree that Jay Norvell seems to be the right fit. No question. When we had him on the show, when Mason and I had him on the show, I wish I had eligibility. <laughs> I did. I was ready to see Oh, that's what that hole in the wall is. Right. And I was at a, a fundraising event for the Boys and Girls Club of Larimer County. I was the auctioneer, and he was the keynote speaker. And talked to him for a while. He could not be any more impressive as a man, as a football coach. You look at his history. Uh, but I don't want to make this all about CSU. Let's get back to this. The SEC has a huge television contract, and they make a ton of money. I was just reading that once... USC and UCLA join the Big Ten. Each school is going to make over $100 million. More than double the revenue of, of the Pac-12 schools. Yep. Well, Larry Scott screwed a lot of things up. And they did bring in a new guy, and hopefully he does a nice job. But the Big Ten and the SEC are so far ahead, and every team is going to want to join that conference. Yeah, the, the other problem, if we can talk about CSU or Air Force going to the Pac-12, but the reality would be they would also be replacing not just USC and UCLA. They'll have other, they'll have other uh, defectors by then. And I would think, number again, the number one and number two prospects there to leave the Pac-12 would be Washington and Oregon. Yeah, I, I think I told you, I talked to somebody today who has intimate knowledge of this move by USC and UCLA. First thing I said to him was, any chance for CU? And he wrote LOL in all caps. So CU is not going to the Big Ten. Um, a team like Kansas might go because of their basketball mm -hmm. program and the history behind it. Um, from I, another league, though. Right. And I asked him about other teams from the Pac-12. And he said to me, no, it's just going to be those two schools. And I'm thinking maybe that's the way it is now. Well, that gets the Big, tw the big Ten to 16 teams. The Big Ten can't count. But then if they want to go to 18, that really opens up some It's others. not that they can't count. They, yes, just, have, they just haven't. Trademarks. They just have that. not changed it. It's not that they can't count. I think people from Northwestern and <laughs> Illinois and Wisconsin know how to count. Okay. And notice I did not include Indiana in there and Michigan. So they, they, know how, they know how to count. They just will always be known as the Big Ten. But I think it does make sense for an Oregon to go there or a Washington, or a Stanford, or a Cal. Mm -hmm. But right now, according to the person that I talked to, there are no plans for anybody else to move. I think the thing is, geographically, that is two time zones. And you would think there should be a sort of a pod. And I believe it was the ACC that just came out with a whole new football schedule, which there are pods, in theory, in which you're going to be playing three teams every single year, no matter what. And you would think that would make mm -hmm. sense to bring in two teams out West 
So USC and UCLA don't have to travel as much as they're going to have to right now, the way it's currently constructed. There are still schools in the pack in the Pac-12 that are somewhat left behind in some ways. Washington State, for example, Oregon State. Although Oregon State has a lot of backing now, too. but they were always going to be left behind. They were always going to be left behind. They were. Mm-hmm. I mean, generally speaking. Generally speaking, outside of maybe Florida State and Florida, give me a school that has the word state in it that is generally recognized in sports as being better than the school that does not have the word state. Penn in it. State University. Then Penn, I think Penn academically beats the pants off of Penn State. You think so? I mean, I realize I mean, Penn is an Ivy League I mean, school. Okay, I think you just answered your own question. Let's not continue to go down this road. An Ivy League school in Penn State. My buddy Bob went to Penn State. All due respect, <laughs> Bob. So, and we're talking about two different sizes. Sorry, schools. Bob. Okay. But, uh, but I'm serious about that. Think about this. What school that has the word state in it is, is considered to be better than the school that doesn't have state in it? Arizona, Arizona State. Is Michigan State on a par with Michigan? Oh, God. Academically? Michigan's one of the top 15 schools academically in the country. And but Michigan State's a better school than you're giving credit for. N- no, I'm not. Michigan State's the top 15 school in the country academically. And when it comes to athletics and the revenue sports, I would challenge you there isn't a better school in the country academically football, basketball. Not one. You can think all day. There isn't one. Not one. Not historically. Nobody. Nobody comes close. Is Florida State close to Florida? Uh, oh, you're talking about Florida, Florida State? Uh, Florida State with Bobby Bowden was fantastic, right? Um, and Florida certainly had its run with Spurrier, but when it comes to basketball, who's better? Florida. I'm not even talking about academics. Yeah, Florida State is better now, but Florida has championships in the past. Right. Yep. And it's interesting. You really do have to. North Carolina, North Carolina State. Academically, North Carolina is better. Sorry. It's just a fact. They're both state schools. They're both, but one has state, the other one does not. That's my point. The one so that you, has, you see, you think that it, if you add state to your name, regardless of what state it is, it drags you down academically. No, I didn't say it drags you down. I'm just saying it's a fact, or or, or at least in not maybe academically, but at least in athletics, maybe. Give me a school that would be considered better, either academically. I'm sure there's schools that are better academically. I'm talking about Arizona the, State. <laughs> Really? Yeah, it's a party school. Yeah, how many national titles does Arizona State have in basketball besides point shape? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Arizona has a has a real exemplary program. Uh, under Lute Olson, they did, and they won titles. And Arizona State, what have they won? And what have they won in football? But then again, what has Arizona won in football? Neither school is considered top notch. Both are considered party schools. Let's be honest. Party school. That's always been one of my pet peeves in covering college football around the country. I noticed that every place is a party school. But isn't it interesting if you literally go through. What about North Dakota State? The the Bison? Montana State. The grid, Oh, no. No, actually, that's not true because I covered Montana, Montana State. And Montana, when I was there in the 90s, was always playing right near the top of Division two and playing for national titles with Dave Dickinson, the quarterback. One right. But you brought it up. You We're just br- having you, fun. Now. I know. But that's my, but isn't that kind of interesting that you really can't think of any school that has the word state on it that would necessarily be considered better, but I can promise you it's not Michigan state over Michigan. Ohio state. 
against Ohio? <laughs> Not in football. That's it, but but you're rating you're rating a school by its football program. No, I'm 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 just saying pick pick a subject. I'm saying overall, people would rather go in gen. That's not that people would rather go. I'm just saying, look at the history. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, look at the history. Florida, Florida State. I'm sure. I, I don't know which one's better academically. Which one has a richer tradition in terms of revenue sports? Certainly, you can make a case for Florida State in football with Bobby Bowden, but then you can make a strong case for Florida and in basketball, it's not close. And not every school has a state name and a state mm-hmm. after it. I just, I've just always found it kind of interesting. Wisconsin State, Whitewater. Right. Right. The Badgers. And who's, who's Whitewater? Uh, they're the, they were the terrific. They always won the Division Three National right. Championship. Isn't there like a name? Isn't there like University of Wisconsin, Eau Claire, University of Wisconsin, Wausau, University of Wisconsin, Green Bay? Yes, now it is. Right. And like in Indiana, they got, they got rid of the state. Right. And like in Indiana, it's Indiana University. And then in Indianapolis, it's Uwe Pooey. Indiana <laughs> University, Purdue University, whatever it's called. Can you say that on the air? I just did. It's called, we call it Uwe Pooey. Right. All right. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? Well, we've talked a lot about the parade. Gabriel Landeskog did something else pretty special yesterday to uh, help celebrate and get in touch with fans a little bit. We'll talk about that. We'll also tell you who's got the number one selling jersey in the NFL so far in 2022. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman and Fry. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Uh, we talked about this defection, USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, and you said offhandedly, probably joking, well, I'm sure they're probably talking about that right now to get them in the Big Ten as quickly as possible. Yes. Well, guess what? We have some breaking news. This coming from Pete Thamel from ESPN. According to his sources, USC and UCLA have been notified that their application to join the Big Ten has been accepted. The schools will begin play in 2024. Have they have they uh, told the Pac-12 they're leaving yet? I don't think they have to tell them. It's all over social media. <laughs> Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, Eric, uh, this is your last show with us of the week, correct? Yes, going on our so, honeymoon tomorrow. 
So I uh, hope you have a great trip, of course, with Mandy. And I uh, wanted to get your opinion on 4th of July, since you will be out before and immediately after. Terry, I'll get more of your thoughts on 4th of July uh, tomorrow. Yep. Oh, but Eric, okay. what is your favorite part of the 4th of July? Um, Like it is for Memorial Day and it is for Labor Day. Hanging out with friends, having a cocktail, grilling out. Enjoying a day off, nice long weekend. And, uh, you know, you got to remember, 4th of July is a very difficult holiday for me now, considering that she is from Scotland and we beat their ass in that war <laughs> that gave us our freedom. So we don't talk about it much. Well, it was more about the British than the Scottish, and the Scottish also hate the British. So they, don't you have that in common? Oh, the Scots definitely hate the English, and the Irish absolutely hate the English. But at the end of the day, they're all kind of one back then can't we all get along i mean scotland wants nothing to do with england but at the end of the day the monarchy the rich people who get funded by taxpayer money they were ruling the roost back then maybe you could start a new uh a new independence day tradition and you could watch the patriot and braveheart braveheart back to back a little mel gibson marathon by the way uh, i've been told by uh, mandy's relatives that braveheart is greatly greatly exaggerated a movie greatly exaggerated. Hard to believe. You got to be kidding. Hard to believe. Based on a true story. I know. Hard to believe. Just in case you missed it, Gabriel Landeskog worked at Raising Canes yesterday. He was working the drive-through and the counter at a location in Denver. Uh, I guess he's probably got a deal with them, so he was paid handsomely for his time. But part of the celebration, getting in touch with fans here locally. If you had just won a championship, what is something? That would be a must-have part of your celebration. You know Keynes is going to Stockholm. That makes a lot more sense now, then. Yeah. Uh, I would... What what I would do... I would take out the garbage, mow the lawn, and change the oil. Wait, what was the question again? Hit me on that one more time. What would be a must-have part of your celebration? Something that you would absolutely do no matter what if you were celebrating a championship. So if I had the cup... If I actually have the Not cup. necessarily the Stanley Cup, just a championship in general. I don't know if I'd do much. I'll be honest with you. Um, I, now, if I had the Stanley Cup, I would take it to my hometown. I would absolutely take it to my hometown. I know what I would do. I wouldn't. I, I know what I wouldn't do. I've seen all these pictures. I wouldn't drink from Oh, I would. By the way, know how I said That's I would the take... the whole point of uh, it being a cup, I thought. Yeah. So you can drink out of it. Yeah. Um, by the way, um, as a side note, there's probably a very good chance... The Stanley Cup will be taken to my hometown this year because I'm from Northbrook, Illinois, and so is TJ Comfort. And his sister, has a, his sister has an Olympic medal she can show off, too. I think that's going to pale in comparison to that big silver thing. Does anybody drink out of a medal? <laughs> I think an Olympic medal is pretty cool, but yeah, Very cool. you can't drink out of it, so not as cool as the Stanley Cup. Well, and and the Stanley Cup is far more recent. You'd really drink out of that thing. Are you kidding? Have you seen what the guys have done? Heard what the guys have done? Thought about what guys have done? They clean it all the time. You, you think it goes unsanitized? I know, but I'm sure there are plenty of wet it. naps around that Stanley Cup. Well, you got the guys with the white gloves. Are you, yeah, the I, keepers of the cup clean it up every night, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, are you a germaphobe? Like, oh, yeah. like lust? Yeah. I'm, well, there you I'm go. Not, well, it's the same I'm thing. not a slob at all. You know what's funny? Well, let's look I'm at a my, slob. Let's look I'm, my Oscar, la- I'm Oscar Madison. My last three radio partners, all germaphobes. Les, Mason, and Fry. 
No, I am not a germaphobe. Yes, you are. You won't drink out of the cup. I, I will not drink out of the cup, no. Will you bathe in the cup? I, I would not drink out of the cup. How about bathe in it? Would you put? I would not bathe you, in if, the if cup. If you had either. a one-year-old child, would you bathe that child in the I'm cup? I'm sure many have been bathed in the Stanley And cup. then it's cleaned. And then it's cleaned. They don't... It's not like a cast iron skillet where you're not supposed to clean it. You just rinse it. Big difference. Did you know that? You cook? Cast iron skillet. Me? You're not, cook? You're not... Did you know that? You're, when yeah, you, of course. Well, of course you what do. What do you mean, of course? Cook. You don't cook either. I do cook. Right, but you know that with a cast iron skillet. No, you can't put soap on it. You should never. You're right, because you want all that flavor to keep soaking in, soaking in. You put some water on it, wipe it down with a paper towel, stick it right up on a rack. Yep. Absolutely. Just in case you missed it. Good comeback. I, well, I was just, you were telling me something I already knew, so I didn't know how, I didn't really well, know how to transition. Okay, I didn't realize, Jeopardy champ, that you knew everything. Oh, I have, did not say that. I just said it was one of the things that I already knew. Okay. Just in case you missed it, Russell Wilson's jersey, the number one selling jersey of 2022 via NFL Shop. What does this tell you about Wilson, the NFL fans, uh, with all the movement by players this offseason? They had a lot of choices of jerseys they could buy that were for new players on new teams well in all seriousness seriousness it's that he's respected liked and uh he has a million fans out there i mean let's look at the other guys who are the top selling jerseys do you have them in front of you i know Devonte adams is up on that list i don't have it right now in at, front of me. okay at the end of the day a quarterback of his caliber going to a brand new team is the least shocking of being on top because it's a quarterback and because of his pedigree. But I'm sure Devontae Adams is going to be up there as well, for sure, because he went to a new team. And there are a lot of guys who change teams. But when you're a quarterback, generally speaking, I think you're going to be on top of that list. Other guys, Devontae Adams, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Mac Jones, what, what Cooper all, Cup. What do they all have in common besides Cup and Adams? Quarterbacks. And those guys, yep. those guys didn't move teams. So you, have, so you have the quarterback position and then a guy going not just to Denver, not just to Colorado, but the Broncos are a regional team. Fans from North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, I know that firsthand. Idaho, Utah, it, Denver's a regional team. All right, that was Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. Argonaut, always great specials. And leading up to the 4th of July weekend, they have so many specials. I don't have time to tell you all of them. Go stop in off of Colfax or order something online at ArgonautLiquor.com. And don't forget, when you order and you want it delivered, and they deliver to the entire metro area, if your order's over 100 bucks, it is for free. Gentlemen, I will see you next Thursday if our flight actually takes off because of all the stuff going on with travel and and pilot strikes, I'm hoping we actually leave. We're hoping you leave. Fingers too, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. If not, I'll see, you, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow doing the show. You're probably hoping I leave and don't come in. Thanks. Well, I would love for you to enjoy your scheduled honeymoon vacation. Wouldn't it suck if like it got, I, we got delayed, delayed, delayed? That's always one of the worst here, parts here, of travel. Here's yeah, the especially test. when it's a vacation. If it's a business trip, I could care less. In 10 seconds, here's a test. Are you taking the remote equipment with you? Remote equipment? What do you mean? The, the, when The equipment you use when you do a show remote. I'm doing it from Mexico, so no. Okay, you're not taking I don't know if I'm going to be in Mexico. I'm hoping to be on a beach tomorrow. We'll see. Make it the best possible night you can. Five, five.